You are now listening to the First Baptist Church of America's podcast. If you have any questions about our church, please check us out online at fbcamericas.org. This week we have a special opportunity to hear from our women as they share a message through testimony. First up, we have Miss Sandra Fowler. Let's listen in. Brother Keith, I don't know how you do this every Sunday. I didn't get any sleep. <laughs> and um, Mitch, you can tell them that I tell the students before they go in for a job interview to just go somewhere where they can't see you on a camera somewhere in the parking lot or whatever and just go and just kind of breathe and, and take up your space. And so right now, I just pray that God fills me with his spirit um, as I share this with you. Thanks, Marcia, for inviting me to share about a ministry God laid on my heart about four years and two weeks ago. Um, for some background, if you don't know us, Jeff and Susanna and I moved here in the summer of 2013. It was a difficult move for each of us, um, but Keisha Hobbs and I knew each other because she attended Judson College, where I had also gone to school and where I worked for a thousand years in Marion, Alabama. She saw on Facebook the picture I posted announcing that we were moving here. That's what made it official. We couldn't go back after it went on Facebook, right? She told me she lives here, and we wrote back and forth a bit, and she invited me to lunch at Little Brothers. And then she asked if we had found a, a church yet, and I said no, so she invited us to First Baptist. So we visited that very Wednesday night, and I had to prom- she had to promise me she would be there, be here. Um, I've shared before how welcomed we felt that first night, especially by the pastor, a couple of guys who stopped us in the line, the food line, and asked if we sing in the choir. Um, one of them was Brother Keith. Uh, I think Bill Shepard probably was one of them. Um, and then Colton, Rachel Doggett, and Emily Abel whisked Susanna away to the youth room. And so we knew, of course, that um, this was starting to feel like home. And then some big old guy named Mr. Bob um, heard we were from Alabama. And he came over to be sure that we pulled for the right team. And I think Jeff gave him two words and and he knew that was good and so then we surely felt right at home. Um, uh, Rachel, will you put up that slide for me, the next one? A few months later in May of 2014, our son Thomas and his wife Katie gave us the exciting news that we were being promoted. Our new titles would be something like Grandma and Grandpa Fowler. We were all set to meet our new grandchild due in September. Later that summer, they posted, it's a girl. They may have told us before they posted it. Um, Our excitement grew each day. And then in November, we returned to Marion for the November 8th wedding of a young woman from our church there. It was fun telling folks that we had missed on earlier visits that Mackenzie was scheduled to arrive in December. Little did we know, even right then, she was already in the arms of Jesus. After the wedding, we got back to um, Jeff's mom's house. We settled into our PJs and started watching the Bama LSU game. Just as we got comfortable, Thomas called, and I went upstairs so I could hear him, and he was at the hospital. And um, long story short, there was no heartbeat. Her heart had stopped. We quickly got dressed, we packed, and we headed to Atlanta. And she was born still on Monday, November 10th at eight months gestation. Four pounds, 13 ounces. Beautiful little girl. 
When Carol, Katie's mom, and I walked into the room, my strong son was holding his little girl. And when I got to hold her, Katie said the first person she saw when she opened her eyes was Jesus. I knew then that we would be okay. I'm not sure how people survive something like this without Jesus, and for a few moments I even wondered how we would survive with him. In Christ alone. Did y'all hear those words? When we got back to America, I was touched by the number of women who came up to me with the softest eyes full of tears and told me about their babies. Some would be in their 40s, 30s, 20s, teens. I later learned that statistics say this happens quite often, and miscarriages even more than that. So now I want to tell you about this box. Three months later, in February 2015, Jessica Brown had invited all the church ladies to attend um, an IF conference, a women's conference over at Central Baptist Church. I think there were about 20 of us that went from First Baptist. It was a pretty low time in my life. It was about three months out, and um, when I arrived for the second day of the conference, the table where my First Baptist friends sat was full, or the tables were full, and I considered leaving. Um, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. And I looked around, and I prayed that God would show me where to sit if he wanted me to stay. Another woman um, at a back table in the room saw me, and she invited me to come over to their table. I'd met her once before. Our daughters were in the same class at school. We were still pretty new to America, and I didn't know anybody else at the table. I felt a bit awkward, but I joined them. The conference was called simply If. The sessions were about believing. Um, there were speakers simulcast in that um, I had never heard of, Christina Kane, who works with sex trafficking and rescuing um, women and children. Um, let's see, I can't even, Angie Smith, um, Jen, Jen Allen, so many people. And, um, and so I listened to them, and I, I listened to them tell about their, as they poured out their hearts about the difficulties they had experienced in their lives and how they knew that God is faithful over us in all of, all of our circumstances. During one of the last sessions, the speaker asked three questions. She said, she asked us if we believe that God is real. She asked us if he's calling us to do something. And how can we be obedient to the things he's calling us to do? She asked what God is doing in our lives. She gave us what she called tender quiet time. And she asked us to pray, Father, what do you want? And God be with us. It was Shelley Giglio at that time because I still have my little book from the, the conference. My thoughts went to that morning, how I cried in the shower again where nobody would hear me. The pain I felt from our loss was still raw and fresh. Nothing prepares you for something like this. They don't cover it in childbirth classes and they don't even give you grandparent classes. Um, I had joined private groups of grieving grandparents I found on Facebook where I've read that grandparents grieve twice. First, we grieve for the loss of our grandchild that we've grown to love and cherish, and then we grieve for the loss of our children that our children are enduring and the fact that we can't fix it. For me, that pain was magnified because we live about three hours away from my son and daughter-in-law. I can't just drive over and check on them. I can't take them food, run errands, or just be there to make sure they're okay. But then it hit me. We're here in America's Georgia. We don't know how or why God brought us here, but we're here. 
And sadly, there are others around us who are going through the same grief and pain every day. Maybe there's something we can do to help them, to share God's love, and to help us remember our sweet baby girl. I doodled some notes at the conference that I, I looked at this morning. Um, what were the things that ministered to us when we were at the hospital that day, and who could help me know what to do? Some of my doodles had things that, that a nurse had done for us and brought in. Um, who could help me? I wrote Dr. Mays, um, that lady in the choir. That's how new we were. It was Ann Beaver, Ann Beaver, who works with our grief share um, resources and ministry, and then a few others of you. And, um, and so I got involved in grief share um, too. Um, but anyway, the conference host asked us to share with the women at our table. I hesitated for a minute, knowing that what I had to say would make everybody feel uncomfortable, it would dampen the mood, and we, mood, and we would all end in silence. But God had a beautiful red-headed young woman at the table. Andrea just looked like another college student, um, but she was actually a little older than that. She was a young wife and a mom, had a darling little boy. When I told the ladies about losing Mackenzie and knowing that there were others going through the same thing, she shared that she had recently had a miscarriage and, um, and I found out it had just happened that Monday. As the conference ended, we decided surely God had us together at that table on purpose. And, um, and I shared with them some things that I had thought of. And we swapped telephone numbers to get together later. And since then, we've met, prayed, and shared. Um, and I also want to insert in here that um, since then, God has blessed us with a grandson who's three now, and Andrea now has a little girl, and we're very grateful. Um, but we decided during our meetings and that during that time that we wanted to put together a memory box for families in our local hospital who have experienced loss. The idea came from our few short hours there at the hospital. I had wanted to get Mackenzie a little dress, but we couldn't really leave the hospital. We just had a little time. But a nurse came in to bathe and dress her with a little donated dress. She also brought a couple of hand crocheted caps and blankets and a couple of tiny stuffed bears for mom and dad to choose. And then they gave Katie later after we left a box, of a box for her mementos, such as any pictures, little monogram onesies she already had, the hospital bracelet, footprints, handprints, a lock of her hair. And during that time, we didn't, like I said, you know, we didn't know what to do. Um, is it okay to take pictures? What do we do? And Katie's dad and I, um, I kind of followed his lead, and we took a few. And they gave us a lot of comfort later. I only wish I had taken more. Um, Dr. Mays referred me to Tammy Johnston, who is the RN in charge of the nursery here at Phoebe Sumter. And I met with her, and she was receptive to the idea of a memory box. And she told me they usually have about... 12 incidents a year at our hospital here in town. Andrea and I believe that God is real, that he has called us to share his love with others as they experience loss. And while we were impatient with ourselves because it took about three years to put the box together and a year for me to write this letter, um, we believe that God has led us in his timing to the right boxes to the women at Magnolia Manor, who crochets these, these little caps and blankets. 
The women from the Threads of Love Ministry in Greensboro, Georgia, who sent bags of gowns, little caps and diapers, prayers, blankets, and more. Um, adult Christian coloring books. Katie was coloring. Someone had told her that's good art therapy, and I thought, yeah, that, that's good. So we bought some with Bible verses to meditate on. And a small stuffed animal. Um, I love these little Willow Creek figurines. This one's Forget-Me-Not. And then some other resources um, for the student, uh, for the students, um, for the for the moms. And then these verses, Psalm thirty four eighteen says, "The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and He saves those who are crushed in spirit." In Isaiah forty eleven, He tends His flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in His arms, and He carries them close to His heart. He gently leads those that have young. Isaiah 40:11. So finally, after four years and two, two weeks, um, after church on the evening of January 13th of this year, we delivered the boxes to the hospital. And there's a picture. Um, the nurses, and you can go on to the next one too. I think, yeah. Those are the nurses who received the boxes that night. And they were so thankful and said that it will help them on those difficult days, too, to share God's love with the families who receive them. So I'm grateful that we've been able to get it done, and, um, and I just want to say a prayer for those who will be receiving them. Father, we do know you're real. We know you weep with us when these tragedies occur here on earth. You carry us when we can hardly breathe, let alone walk. Father, while our prayer is that these boxes are never needed. I ask that if they are, the families who receive them will also believe that you are real and that you and we love them. In the name of our wonderful counselor, the Prince of Peace, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to know more about that Prince of Peace and the wonderful counselor that we have in Jesus Christ, we would love to talk with you about it. You can find our contact information on our website at fbcamericus.org. Stay tuned for the second session from our Ladies' Day, where we hear from Miss Lisa Holloway.